0: welcome back to another episode of between the turnbuckles now this week we've got loads to talk about um from the plethora of talent that's been released by wwe i'm going to be covering last week's nxt this week's raw and this week's nxt so we've got loads to talk about i'm just going to jump straight into it so first thing i want to start um, talk about is we did lose the voice of wwe for the past what 14 years or so howard finkel passed away this week um quite sad to see that, I can only say, um, rest in peace to Howard the Fink, um, quite young, only died at the age of 69, I believe he had a stroke last year and he's not been keeping in good health since, I see a lot of people online automatically jump into, oh it's coronavirus, coronavirus, no the man was in bad health so he'd probably died from his bad health, um, so many superstars have been cut this week, now um, after mania there is always cuts, two dow staff uh mostly the main roster stars um but this is maybe the biggest one i think the only other one in memory that's been bigger would maybe be 2005 there was a lot of talent released back in 05 and um, but i think this is one of the biggest if not the biggest cuts we've ever seen so i've got the whole list sitting in front of me here so uh, first to go was drake maverick now if anyone's not seen his instagram video or i think he put, put it on his twitter um, very emotional for him and um, he's actually still going to be kicking about on nxt for the next couple of weeks he's still in the cruiserweight tournament to determine the interim cruiserweight champion um but that could be the last that we're going to see of drake maverick um whether or not all these cuts are final or just for now maybe because of the situation wwe obviously trying to save some money during the crisis because they did lose quite a lot of money with wrestlemania um I wouldn't doubt we'll see some of these stars back in WWE if they're not snapped up by other companies. Next to go was Hawkins and Ryder. Now, this brings about the second time that uh, Curt Hawkins has been released, and I'm very surprised to see that Zack Ryder's been released mainstay. I think he's been with the company for, what, 15, 16 years? Um, I do feel bad for each and every individual. You've seen some people online um, say, why didn't you release such and such? Um like i think baron corbin got one and he addressed that straight on going this is the kind of disgusting people in the world and i totally agree with him i'm not wishing anyone to be released but i think some of the releases are ridiculous um if it were me and you wanted to do releases you should be releasing your part-time stars like i'm going to say it john cena the undertaker um brock lesnar goldberg the people that you pay the most who are only there maybe once a year and even then sometimes not I'd be releasing them because you're going to save so much more money. I addressed it last week. Goldberg gets $1 million per match. And I think altogether from this, they've saved like $4 million or so. Goldberg's one quarter of that if you just released him. Um, Heath Slater. Um, was That was a very unexpected one. Heath Slater um, he has been with the company as well. I think 16 years from his FCW days as well. Um, he didn't really have too much to comment on it, he's not fully processed it yet, Carl um, Anderson and Luke Gallows, the OC, they just re-signed a big deal um, with WWE, uh, I watched a thing last night and it was AJ Styles' YouTube video and he says he feels responsible for them being released, I don't know how, um, I can understand his logic because yeah that's two thirds of the OC gone and people are well why didn't we release Styles? I I always, I was trying to explain it to um, my partner, there's different tiered talent and AJ Styles is obviously on that top tier, but I was very surprised to see the OC get released. Um, They've really been coming back into their own this past kind of 12 months. Um, Rusev, I mean, I know Rusev's had his trouble with WWE for the past couple of years, but I also found this out online when this whole coronavirus started to, to there was some WWE employees that were not getting paid for their time off and rusev who's not a multi-millionaire by any means he doesn't get paid the millions and millions that some superstars do he gave twenty thousand dollars of his own money to those um, employees that weren't getting paid and now he's been released no way hosey he was literally on raw this week um, with the match with bobby lashley which i'll talk about later um, a couple of days later, he's been released. Sarah Logan as well. I mean, I'll talk about her match in, in big detail a wee bit later on, but she was also on Raw this week. Um, released Mike and Maria Canellis. Just had a baby. Um, I know Mike Bennett's been asking for his release for a wee while, and then they re because it was more money, and Maria was pregnant. He was moved to NXT. I was very happy very excited to have him working with triple h on 205 live he got a really good storyline to start and now they're released aiden english um obviously debuted as part of the Vod villains with simon gotch he was released uh, a few years ago but now um aiden's gone as well he was more doing announcing for 205 live um ec3 i'm actually not too surprised to see ec3 get released this year um even ever since he debuted in NXT, it's it's not been it's not like EC three when he rose to um, his big his big moments in TNA Impact or whatever you want to call that. Yeah, I always call it TNA because that that was the good old days. Um, but from when he debuted in NXT, I don't think it was I don't th- it's not been very good. It's the second time he's been released as well. Leo Rush eh, was next. Leo Rush has had a lot of trouble with the company, I believe back in 2017, he made some comments about a superstar getting released, which then led to his release, he got re-signed in 2018, um, and now he's been released again, all of these guys, by the way, have went online and thanked WWE um, for everything, but and they're kind of more understanding of the situation, but, um, can only, I mean, they, these guys have, have bills to pay the same as all of us, so... Eric Young, um, again Eric Young's also not someone I'm too surprised to see go, He's been, he's not done anything since he came out of NXT, he had a really good spell in NXT, um, Primo and Epico Cologne, again that's another two that I'm not too surprised to see go, um, they're not used, these guys are more used on the, the live event circuit more than anything, not on actual Raws or Smackdowns or tapings or anything like that, Eric Rowan released um, I was quite surprised because I think the past kind of 12 months Eric Rowan's really kind of came into his own I think from last year many a time and then he moved away from Daniel Bryan after they lost the tag titles got his own thing I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about Eric Rowan's pet because it was awful I think the best thing that ever happened was when Drew McIntyre crushed it like the next night um, but I think Eric Rowan was really starting to, to come into his own I was hoping for a good feud for him but um, not, I feel quite bad for Eric Rowan um, this one was uh, on Raw this, this lady here she was on Raw for Nia Jax's return match Diona Um she seemed more happy that she was released from Dowdowee it's not 100% clear if she was actually happy there um, next couple of guys are people that I'm not familiar with because they are um, on the NXT uh, live circuit so the next one's Alexander i believe it's pronounced um mj jenkins josiah williams dorian mack and this one is maybe probably the most surprising one for me referee mike kyoda 31 years he was at wwe for mike kyoda has been released as well um i'm very very surprised one thing I did notice just from uh, looking at the releases on WWE's website, Cassius Ono has been moved from the current roster to the WWE alumni page. Now that could mean a couple of things. It could mean his release is imminent, he could be moving into a backstage role or he may have just, um, at the age of 40, he might have just retired now. He's not really clicked with the audience um, both times he's been signed with WWE. Everyone knows the revival were probably the first to go. I think they got released at the start of the week um rival been asking for the release for so long, so um it will maybe be better for them. I believe they've actually trademarked quite a lot of things like the finish of the shatter machine um the hashtag ftr because it seems as if they're gonna be called um i can't remember what it's called something the revolt I think it's fear the revolt or something like that but um it seems as if they've already. They were they were putting everything in place for the release coming. Kurt Angle's been released again. Kurt Angle no longer an active star. Um most of the work he does backstage. I know he still had some dates left on his contract. Um to do some maybe some bras for some just for some cheap pops. Um the rest are all sort of producer so Landstorm Mike Rotunda, Sarah Stock, I know that Finlay has been furloughed, it is a potential rumour that all of the WWE producers have been furloughed, but it is confirmed that Finlay is definitely on furlough, Pat Buck, davari Scott Armstrong, Shane Helms, The Hurricane, Billy Kidman, Um, so a couple of coaches have been released, so... um. Ace Steel has been put on furlough, for those of you who don't know who Ace Steel is, Ace Steel is the guy that trained CM Punk to wrestle um, and has been on NXT for a while. It has had a couple of matches on Raw, if anyone remembers the the god awful Donald Trump versus Rosie O'Donnell match, he played Donald Trump in that. Um, Serena, who some of you remember was the, the girl who shaved her head for CM Punk's Straight Edge Society, she's been released. And kendo kashin who's actually only signed with the company i believe it was back in october november time so he's barely even been with the company he has been released at the moment that is all the confirmed releases that i'm aware of what has been confirmed is that the main roster is fully cut there be no more cuts to the main roster nxt is not safe at the moment it seems as if there's going to be a lot of cuts coming from nxt now um, not any big stars, I believe it's so. The, the people I've named there, though I'm not too familiar with, are all on the live circuit for, when they're touring. At the minute they're not touring, so it seems to be people who are only on the live circuit and not really getting a lot of TV time are more at risk to getting cut. Um, a lot of rumours have come out this week, so um, everyone knows that WrestleMania is going Hollywood next year supposedly the new stadium that's getting built has cancelled the super bowl and wrestlemania already because it wants to take a full 12 months to get all of this coronavirus out of the way and apparently it's not into the the um producers who are holding the building or making the events are not comfortable going ahead with wrestlemania and the super bowl so that's just a rumor it's not been confirmed um Money in the Bank Arena has been cancelled, so it was meant to be taking place in Baltimore. That they have cancelled the show, they're not having it there, so it seems as if it's going to be in the Performance Centre. Now, today is Saturday, I have watched Smackdown, but I will be covering Smackdown on Tuesday, but we are aware now of where the Money in the Bank ladder matches are going to take place. I will discuss that further on Tuesday. Um for some very weird stuff um vince mcmahon has been hired by donald trump the president of the united states has hired vince mcmahon to restart the u.s economy when all of this is over he's also um hired all of the major sporting brands like um the mlb the nfl the nhl all the kind of major sports in america all their presidents appear to have been um hired by donald trump to jumpstart the economy because WWE has been named essential business going forward. Um, new things are online to see that Asuka is supposedly in line for a major singles push so she might be separating from Kairi Sane, um, maybe Kairi will turn face, someone, one of them will maybe turn face but it definitely looks as if Vince is very happy with her work, um which I am as well. I think she's the most entertaining thing they've got on the on the shows at the moment. Um I've loved Asuka since day one. Um I think they totally ruined her when Charlotte won or they could have at least backfired from it but it just seems to be Asuka was always getting put down, so Aska's apparently in line for a big push. Uh, massive news about Rhea Ripley so Rhea Ripley has been deported back to Australia I don't know how they're pulling that off with the the lockdowns and the coronavirus but she is supposedly back in Australia now her visa expired and it just needs uh, to say we're not going to see Rhea Ripley for some time until all that gets sorted Um, AEW Double or Nothing so that's been announced AEW's show in May Double or Nothing has been cancelled and has been rebooked for next May in the MGM Grand Arena for May, I believe it's May 10th potentially, or 11th 2021. So they are not going ahead with Double or Nothing, they're not doing it behind closed doors, they've just cancelled it flat out. Um, another rumour about AEW, supposedly are losing a lot of money right now because they're putting on all these shows, um, they're not like WWE where they're established and been about for decades, AEW is so fresh, so new but because they're still going ahead with all their weekly shows they are supposedly losing so much money Um, and with all the releases a lot of people think most of these guys are going to jump ship, AEW have already come out and said they're very, being very selective about any past WWE superstars that they are going to hire so don't expect to see too many people on that list at AEW. I think the biggest rumour that's came out this week um, was the comments from Ronda Rousey. Now, everyone thought uh, rumours going into mania, I kind of thought it myself, Ronda might be there, she was supposedly in Florida. Uh, Ronda's came out and kind of described wrestling as fake fighting when in an interview and a lot of people have had a backlash, she's addressed it and said... Um, it's not a disrespectful thing but um, coming from someone who's been in real fights as a career choice you can go out and do fake fighting for fun for 300 days um, and it, it, it does take a lot of strain, it has an impact so if she is addressing that yes it does hurt that I have things, so we all know the punches and the kicks aren't always real but it is always going to hurt if someone drops you on your back or on your head and such like that so nobody's denying that but she's saying if you went three hundred days in a fist fight, you would be dead. Now a lot of people have backed it up on it. A lot of people have said it's very disrespectful. One being Nia Jax. Now Nia Jax addressed something in a um a Zoom, I believe it was kinda one of those things that's all taken off now for lockdown, Zoom house party, whatever it was. Um she was on with a couple of the other girls in the in the division and was talking about um Someone getting hurt a lot on live events um, without naming names. Now, this was directly at Ronda Rousey. So, everyone is immediately assuming that it's obviously going to be Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss and Ronda. So, yeah, they had their match at um, SummerSlam back in 2018. And then Hell in the Cell was the rematch back in 2018. And not everyone knows that on the live events, they were also having matches night after night. Alexa Blessed was apparently getting very hurt during all of those matches because Ronda, as we know, is quite a physical person um, and it got to the point where Nia stepped in with the WWE officials and told them that she couldn't do it anymore and to put her in her place which would explain... Nia winning the Women's Battle Royal Evolution and then going on to face Ronda so they did the live events going forward now with the comments that came out Nia Jax put a very scathing tweet online uh, I believe it went something along the lines of I can't wait for Ronda to return to WWE because even if officials uh, make want to make me make her look good which is the only way Ronda can look good I will be the first woman to knock that bitch the F out so there was there's obviously a lot of tension between Ronda and Nia Jax going forward um, that's all the kind of rumours I've got at the moment um, I'm sure there'll be more coming out in the next kind of couple of weeks over more so on releases and anything like that so I'm going to jump into NXT so this is the April 8th edition what's dubbed as a quote unquote takeover um, I don't I didn't like it if I'm being honest. Um, we started with the the six way ladder match for the number one contender spot to face Charlotte Flair. Um with Chelsea Green, Eoshirai, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and Dakota Kai with uh, that Raquel Gonzalez, who I think looks like a very like more muscular Sonia Deville and Candace LeRae. Now going in, I kinda of thought Candace Leray would gonna get this eh uh, victory because I think Candice LeRae versus Charlotte's gonna be a great match because she does have that gar- gar- Gargano edge, which she's got the heart. She kind of play, plays off it quite well. Um, I think it was—I uh, think it was brutal. There were some brutal spots in there. Um, I, I feel bad. I don't want to knock anyone down. Um, I don't rate uh, Chelsea Green too well. Um, I, I just—I don't—I don't like her style. I don't like. Uh, The Rob Stone thing. Um, Tables, ladders, and chairs were all used. There were some brutal spots in there. Uh, Chelsea Green takes uh, a shot to the leg; it hurts her leg, and then Rob Stone pushes her up the ladder. Really, it it was a bit bland. There wasn't a lot of excitement in the match. Um, I don't think it was exciting as the triple threat match at Wrestlemania for the ladder match there wasn't a lot in there it wasn't like a money in the bank ladder match either it wasn't very exciting uh, the last two were down to Io Shirai and Candice LeRae um, Io pushed it off onto a bridge ladder over the ropes and Io is your winner now I think out of the t- if any of the two people could have won I'm happy it was one of those two I'm very much happy with both of them um, i'd like to see you should i versus charlotte because i think i think this whole good thing about charlotte doing the nxt thing as well supposedly she's doing nxt and raw so she's going to do double duty um is that nxt i think the the nxt women's titles are actually going to because charlotte's holding it. it's going to get defended at money in the bank against the you should i so i think that that really pushes up nxt some more um i'm I'm not unhappy with who who won i'm just i didn't rate the match very well um moving on we move on to a kind of recap for the build for balor versus walter which i put a question mark there i think it is definitely going to happen when all this is done it's one of the matches i'm actually very excited for i love finn balor i love watching walter i think the man could chop anyone into next week um uh, so Balor, I didn't actually know this. Balor was on NXT UK uh, before all of this, all the coronavirus uh, proper when any lockdown here. Uh, we called out Walter. I had a match with um, Alexander Wolfe. Balor gets the win. Um, the match itself, um, I think it was, it was a good match. But um, we're more, I'm more interested to see what's going to happen going forward. He's really Finn Balor cuts a promo about how he wants to, once uh, Walter, he wants the UK title now. Walter says sights on Balor, so it'll be interesting to see if I mean, who everyone asks, who's going to beat Walter? Who's going to beat Walter? Could the Demon be making a return to face Walter? Be quite in- interesting. Next up, we've got a, a, a new team um, called Endu Share. Um, I just I, I've got three notes that I've put here. So number one, it's a stupid name. I don't like the name at all. Um, I don't think it's catchy I don't think it's ringy at first I kind of thought maybe they were related to like Dwayne in that because they had that kind of Samoan look they aren't they're, they're actually they're, they're um, Indian descent so they're not related and it was just a squash it was a total squash match um, wasn't very clear what's happening um, going forward they immediately attacked Matt Riddle Uh, I believe the week before, so I I don't want to see a new team just get put straight in a title match for no reason. Um, It's not how NXT works. Next, there was this weird apocalyptic type promo with a clock ticking. Um, On this episode, I wasn't 100% sure who it was. I think from this week's NXT, which I'll talk about a bit later on, it is very clear who it is. Um... The cut to, I don't know, NXT, because it was a pre-taped one, it was all very, like, uh, cutting back and forth, so it talks about Charlotte winning the NXT title, her talking about it's not the the uh, title that makes the woman, it's the woman that makes the title, which is very true for Charlotte Flair, they cut to Ripley after the loss, and all she had to say was, she was better than she expected, Um so, really, there really wasn't a lot on this card. Next up is the Gargano Champa. I'm going to say that um, this is the match of the night for obvious reasons. It's Gargano and Champa. They always pull it out of the bag. Um, I think the thing that annoys me most is that they aired this um, not as a takeover, uh, they aired it on the USA network. It has an NXT, so there's a lot of ad breaks through, the, through everything the ladder match, even through this. So, you're missing a bit of action. Um, it's pre-recorded anyway so it starts off Triple H in the ring as both men enter um, we've seen this match so many times so I was wondering how they were going to make it different as you can tell it was very physical, lots of trash talking um, so Gargano is really savage in this match, he goes through each surgery that Tommaso has had recently from his neck to his legs and um, and uh, then attacks each of those spots Um, kind of going, what was it, an ACL Torn Librarium, I think that's how you pronounce it Librarium, maybe Libium, I don't know and then to the neck Um, lots of headshots, I've noticed this quite a lot recently WWE seem to be coming back with some headshots with weapons doesn't really happen very often Um, but it's coming back, I think Kevin Owens did a couple to Seth Rollins and the same Seth Rollins to Kevin Owens and NXT has been a lot edgier than anything it uh, kind of cuts back they're telling a very good story there was a, a lot of chair shots um, Champa puts the chair around Gargano's neck and puts him into the ring post um, to kind of even the, the score I suppose uh, Champa then starts exposing the wooden uh, now for people who always say wrestling's fake wrestling's fake yes the stories are fake the bumps are very real I think, so there's a, under the actual mat, there's about a maybe three centimetre, three to five centimetre, a little bit of padding. Uh, which doesn't do a lot, but it's still there to protect. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa decided he was going to rip that back up. We've seen this in their second match. Um, and then when he's doing that, Gargano goes outside. The match can only finish in the ring in this wee um, dark room that they've set up. They climb on to the NXT truck. There's a lot of action, a lot of super kicks, mostly try to throw each other off. It then cuts to an ad break, and all of a sudden they're head back inside. Um, Champa, they're both on the turnbuckle, but I think one of them's gonna. This is around about where the wooden panels are. Someone's gonna end up landing on them, but Champa reverses it and hits like a, a white noise or a Celtic cross, however you want to call it, um, from the top of the turnbuckle to the floor outside um, and then Gargano eventually takes back control and starts There's a lot of surrounding the crutch right Now the crutch has been very um, big throughout the whole feud because it's the first one Tommaso Ciampa returned it was the first thing he attacked him with the matches all the matches have always seemed to involve a crutch um so this one was no different um Gargano starts saying to Ciampa you're a failure as a man a husband as a, a father um and then that just really motivates Ciampa so um They put the crutch over the face gargano um, he's poking the eyes of the ref so that he doesn't tap so at this point it's like a, a kind of like a, an accolade he's got the crutch over and to to stop him from tapping he pokes the ref's eyes and then um when champa goes to knee gargano with the ropes he moves and the ref takes the knee to the face i don't understand that because you kind of see that in a normal singles match where there's rules and that there isn't really any rules here so i don't see why it would it would matter too much Gargano uh, Champa hits the DDT from that, and he doesn't do it the same way Randy Orton does. He just grabs them and pulls them in with the DDT to the wooden panels on Gargano, which is how their second match ended. He goes for the cover, and there's no one uh, there at all. So uh, the ref obviously wasn't back up yet, so he's not there. There's a Candice LeRae then actually comes into the match, and pleads both of them to stop. Now she says how much she hates her husband; she hates him, and then she kicks Johnny Gargano where the sun doesn't shine. So she hits a low blow onto him, and says to Champa, "Right, you finish it then." Champa's very like he's fighting with himself, he's apologising to Gargano, they're trying to kind of it's as if he's shown just a little bit of remorse. Larry comes back in and low blows Champa as well, and it turns out Johnny was wearing a cup the whole time, and then he beats Champa on the exposed boards with his own finisher. Now, I am going to openly say that was stupid. I think the finish was absolutely rubbish, I don't see how, because it was it's deemed as it's the last match they're ever going to have, one on one, why would we have a dodgy finish? Why do that? I think the right person won, but the way he won, I don't agree with it at all. Um, I think it was just awful. Um, it is the match of the night, but I, I, I didn't like NXT's quote unquote takeover. Um, at all if i'm being honest with you now quickly move on to monday night raw so last week i spoke quite a lot about how much raw was awful everything went back to live this week live shows raw was great if you've not watched it go and watch it i watched it i normally skip through some stuff i watched the full thing start to finish it was absolutely amazing um the the trouble to say is it's very good at recapping there's quite a lot of recaps still so um do this week's show so another recap for mcintyre lesnar the, the thing that annoys me most is that the recap for the lesnar match is actually longer than the match itself the recap it goes on for about what's five six minutes i think the, the the actual match was like three four and it's just it's too dramatic and all that jerry Lawler's return to raw uh, drew mcintyre um uh he says that it's the biggest win in history um just a comment i suppose but i don't i don't think i agree with it um drew comes out he thanks the fans for the support he recaps on the big show match so we need to have a recap of that which uh, he says that sets the tone for his title reign because he won the belt and then defended it minutes later um and he says whoever deserves a title shot will get it so it'll be interesting to see if we're going to get some new stars again title shots when we get to the end of the show i'm going to tell you how that didn't happen but we'll, we'll certainly discuss it um andrade returned he came straight out he talks about how he de- uh, Zelina talks about how he defeated drew for the nxt title took six months of his career he wants a match and the match gets agreed for the main event so that's our main event for raw andrade versus drew mcintyre it's then announced that on this week's Raw there's going to be three Money in the Bank qualifiers for the women's match. The thing that annoys me is when they're talking about the Money in the Bank ladder match right now, it, they keep saying the winner will get a guaranteed title match against their brand's champion. Their brand's champion. That That's never been how Money in the Bank worked. Um, I think the only time it worked that was when the brand split was on and it was specifically the Smackdown brand that owned the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It, it, I don't get that. It should be you win the briefcase you win it and because last year it wasn't like that lesnar was going to maybe cash in on kofi or rollins he ended up cashing in on rollins regardless but it was he, he had the choice and we didn't really see much of bailey because bailey cashed in on the same night but which is the second June in a row we're quite annoyed if we get the third year in the row of that because it's as if they'll be taking the mick out of the women's one so the matches were set asuka versus riot sarah logan versus baszler and kairi sane versus nia Jax. now uh, straight after this we jump into the asuka versus riot match now this was a great match A uh, riot riot really takes a task early ruby riot really showed her stuff this week um, i've not seen a lot of ruby riot because whenever she was wrestling it was always that that boring riot squad story this was such a good match really showed ruby riot that she could be a, a good single star they go very back and forth um Asuka, I've got a note here, Asuka's still the most entertaining part of WWE, and do you know how I said uh, Shayna Baszler kicked Becky Lynch, the hardest kick I've ever seen on an episode uh, of WrestleMania? Yeah, I take it back, because Asuka trumped it, she's uh, behind the barricade, she had been put over there, and Ruby goes to jump over, and as she jumps over, Asuka catches her with this mean head kick, and it was like a proper ufc style head kick i think she really did connect with her um it, it was a very harsh kick um asker won in the end there was a lot of back and forth uh, she had the ask lock in ruby riot broke it ruby Riot hit her finisher it was all very like very up in the air maybe actually towards the end thought maybe ruby riot was going to get away with this and get away with the win she goes for that new finish she's got what she's doing the backwards sent on off the the top rope and Asuka then just moved and caught her in the aska lock from there um straight tap out aska one i think that's the best decision out of the two of them uh, we cut back to a very special backstage version of the vip lounge now I, I, as much as I, I do like mvp i just uh, i thought he was coming back to retire and and do some producing i didn't realize he was going to be on the screen so much um So, he announces that next week on Raw, there's going to be three men's qualifier matches, which will include uh, Rey Mysterio versus The Return of Buddy Murphy, and Alistair Black going one-on-one with Austin Theory, and Apollo Crews versus, and the MVP described this man as um, the most uh, decorated star ever. So, I'm starting to think, is it going to be Edge? could it be edge is edge maybe going to do money in the bank as well and he announces it's actually himself so mvp's in a qualifying match for the money in the bank ladder match um i'm hoping that he's just there to put apollo cruz over and apollo cruz is going to get that push that i've been asking for for a wee while especially after the black match um but uh, yeah i don't really know what to make of that one um up next alistair black goes straight into a, a match to build momentum against Larkin. Uh, the match was all right. Uh, it was quite. There were quite two two very brutal guys. Uh, he black obviously won. He kept his and went and going, and um, we go from there. Becky Lynch returns to Raw after WrestleMania. It's her first night back. We've got big bold letters. Another recap. So we have to watch the the recap of WrestleMania again. Becky claims that it was mind games that as the more and more. Um Shana gained momentum, the sillier she was getting. So towards Mania, she was wearing some silly things. She was just acting very silly. And it turns out that was all just a mind game. Um, and she talks about the money in the bank ladder match, how she's gonna be the first person or the first woman to beat the cash in um, and go from there. Um up next we we jump into the Sarah Logan versus um Shayna Baser match. Now what struck me as weird, I spoke about this at the start of the podcast. Um, Rhonda's comments, now I didn't think it was a work until uh, one of the interviewers asked Baszler about it and what she thinks about it, now this could tell me that it, it could be a work um, Rhonda certainly on social media is very unpredictable, we've seen that with the lead up to the Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair match at Wrestlemania last year so this this could be a work but um where we, Baszler gets in the ring and she absolutely destroyed Sarah Logan, she beat the holy hell out of her and then we've seen it in NXT when she's got her arm kind of bent up and it's like a push up position, she stomped on it, just stomped on it, it looked absolutely agonising, um, Sarah Logan played it really well and the ref calls for the match, now the thing that caught me off guard here because at the time I thought it was pre-recorded, it was only later on I realised that it was live, um, the announcer said that Cedar Logan won the match and I was kind of like what? I was like it's not a disqualification should not do anything illegal so how could Cedar Logan have won the match um, we then jumped to, to Seth Rollins um, saying that his career has been crucified so he's still playing that Monday Night Messiah role career has been crucified and then it's very quick promo very strange, very eerie and then we come back. The announcers at this point say that it's Shayna Baszler that's qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match, not Sarah Logan. Um, up next was Akira Tozawa versus um, Austin Theory. Now, this wasn't too bad of a match. Um, I didn't dislike this match. I don't really. I think it's quite weird that Austin Theory's still on Raw and that he's officially on Raw. I like think he was only on, on XT for like two weeks. Um, it wasn't a bad match, but Thedes obviously picked up the win for um, to build the momentum for the black match. Um the thing that kinda caught me off guard here, and I don't know if anyone else heard this, if he did see it, so Jerry Lawler said one of the weirdest, most controversial things I think that's happened in the recent memory overall. Um I'm kinda deeming it a bit racist. I think it was a bit racist. So Tazawa during the match hit a, a spring a, a somersault sent on onto austin theory and jerry lawler called it as the ramen noodle moonsault now number one he's totally inaccurate it's not a moonsault it was it was a somersault sent on but ramen noodle now apparently um on the hulu uh, repeat of raw it was cut edited out and supposedly for the network uh, WWE network when it goes up there, it's been cut as well. Supposedly Vince McMahon is absolutely furious with Jerry Lawler for hitting out with that uh, phrase. Um, very strange. Then all three, so Zelina Vega's developed her own little stable here with uh, Andrade, Gar, and Angel Garza and Austin Theory. The three of them attack um, Tazawa after the match, and then do the. Uh, what i call is so the shield fist bump but rather than doing it in front of them they just did it sort of pointing up and it seems as if they're going to be like the next dominant faction in wwe so um very strange for that so then we cut to Rey mysterio he's kind of promo about um the money in the bank play match and buddy murphy now he's never won money in the bank and he's going to be looking to do that for the first time ever um very weird promo next again from Seth Rollins talking about um, how he's now been resurrected which was kind of Easter weekend so it was very Easter themed very religious themes going on here from Seth Rollins with his Monday Night Messiah um, and then another match that moved on was uh, Tahuti Miles versus Angel Garza um, the match was just there to put Garza back over um, it wasn't a very long match it was fairly easy win for for angel garza and another three on one assault so the these guys came back out and radi and austin theory then came back out and did another attack another showboat and that kind of led to speculation of hey what's um, what's really going to happen in the main event of raw but we'll cover that so asuka and kairi seen have a promo they're just ranting in japanese makes no sense, it was very funny Um, McIntyre has a promo, quite a lot of promos on this Raw, um, and talking about how he's going to return the favour to Andrade, Andrade had had a promo earlier on in the night, talking about how he was going to end his career, go back for the arm again, and really just kind of go from there Um, next up match, the third and final Money in the Bank qualifier match on this episode of Raw was Kairi Sane versus Nia Jax now I think the only way that Nia Jax would have ever lost this match would have been if there was some sort of um interference, which there wasn't. So it it was really just um it was it, yeah, it was really just a way to put Nia Jax over. It was an easy win for Nia Jax. Nia Jax has qualified for our first ever Money in the Bank ladder match. Now how I feel about that is a bit indifferent because I feel like I'm going to go back on it because I know Braun Strowman and Kane have both won a Money in the Bank ladder match. Big people like Big Show that kind of size don't tend to do well in the Money in the Bank ladder match so I don't really see Nia Jax winning this. Um, I don't doubt her talent so hopefully she'll get a good showing in it. Um, Charlotte's on Raw she returns to Raw. Discussing the title win. um, How... Uh Mike. I mean Charlotte's mic work is just awesome. She's just the full package. Um she says she's gonna remind NXT of humility and uh Io Shirai will be next to learn the lesson. Another recap of WrestleMania for Black vs. Lashley. It's Lashley vs Noe Jose. So we had this match on Raw and then it was released on the Wednesday. Um I've got a note here, Lana is a total um pain in the backside throughout this whole match and um, she's just shouting saying finish him now finish him now eventually Lashley did what we were all thinking he got out of the ring walked up to her face and said Will you just shut the hell up Um that distraction actually almost caused Noe Jose to win the match Um luckily he didn't uh, and Lashley did pick up the win which um, it's just a way probably to get Um lashley back in some sort of dominant role again after that loss um a third and final rollins promo for the night that says that now that he's been resurrected he's going to stomp out any doubt of non-believers tonight so um i think for me it was a little bit predictable about what was going to be happening next um see if you can figure it out before i tell you um up next uh, Viking Raiders have returned to Raw to take on Alexander and Ricochet, now when I seen this I kind of went oh, this is going to be just awful this was the match of the night, this match was incredible, I think it went I think they got a good 20 minutes on it it was amazing, the four were, the chemistry was unbelievable it actually kind of made me like Cedric Alexander and Ricochet as a team it um, wasn't, it Ivar's, I mean, just I've just got to know what's saying Ivar, Ivar is like, he's a 300, I think 350 to 400 pound man, his agility is unbelievable, he's doing handstands, he's doing like um, that, that um, handstand spring off the rope and he some elbows, Eric will lift him up, he'll jump springboard off the top rope, it was amazing, it was absolutely just fantastic, the only bad thing was the finish did get botched a little bit but these things do happen it doesn't take away from the match the the back and forth the the, just the the physicality the high flying style meeting the um the viking raiders brute strength with some uh, style as well it was a very good match um The Street Profits then kind of set up what seems to be the the match for maybe Money in the Bank that it's going to be the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits. Um, So they're trying to uh, take the mech, take the mech, but uh, the Street Profits have never beat the Viking Raiders and Bianca Belair was very quick to remind them of that and said stop playing games and get it done. Um, Then we're on to the main event. Um, It's very very good match um let me just start by making a comment on drew mcintyre's chops uh drew mcintyre maybe it's second to walter when it comes to the harshest chop in wwe um it was it was a very physical match Andrade throughout the whole things working on the the repaired bicep of drew mcintyre um andrade is just going to be the future going forward, um, his skill, his, his talent, his in-ring work is amazing, he did a, a lovely transition into an arm armbar during the match, um, McIntyre then, I think Austin he grabbed him uh, by the boot and he he then turns around and Drady makes a run, back body drop over the top rope to take them out goes outside and because there's no audience you can hear every word McIntyre just goes which one of you grabbed my foot was it you and then he just chops Austin Theory with another harsh chop and it was just it was quite a humorous moment but very good um, uh, Zelina Vega then makes a, a, a tries to distract but it doesn't work uh, McIntyre catches them in that really cool reverse Alabama finishes off with a claymore it was a clean win um i, I was a bit surprised didn't I? I actually think that that match was going to end that kind of way i thought it was going to be more of a um more of a like a, a disqualification finish to keep andrade looking good but he, he did just pretty much dominate the three of them towards the end and he picked up the win straight after the match you get the 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 burn it down music uh Rollins strikes um i felt after that third promo it was very predictable that it was going to be mcintyre that was going to get it Um, anyone who deserves a title match is going to get one right yeah i don't think seth rollins deserves a title match i think it should have been kevin owens or uh, some talent who who actually won at wrestlemania Um, two curb stomps and i think it'll be a good feud to come rollins is good with anyone who works um, and mcintyre as well uh but i would have liked to have seen someone else maybe getting a a title match rather than seth rollins um from there next we move on to this week's nxt now i think this week's nxt was a lot better um than last week's because it probably had that more live effect to it things are kind of going back to normal at least with in terms of live tapings um uh, recap of the, the last week of uh, the takeover if you like um, the ladder match the the empty arena match um I'm not gonna spend too much time talking about that. To start the match we've uh, start the show we've got Finn Balor versus uh, Fabian Ike. Now now this was a very physical match. It's really really progressed the feud very well. Um Balor picked up the victory um which means he's now beat two out of four of Imperium. I think the only person he's got left to to beat is um the one who accompanies Phoebe Eichner to the ring and then he can move on to Walter. Um, I, I think I, the match itself it was it was very physical. Balor had to take on the odds of the two on one with the interference from the outside um and there was a, one of those he did that that um exploder drop kick through the barricade um, it was a very good match, very good showing for Finn Balor, really progressed the feud very, very uh, well for me and his eyes are very clear on where he's focused next. Um, up next was Aaliyah versus the returning Xia Um It was really just a good showing for Lee to get Lee over again and um, put her back in that, that kind of building momentum towards maybe a title shot um, and... For those of you who don't know at the moment i think uh, because we've got the the lockdown on i believe jordan devlin is currently locked down in the uk so he's not able to do anything he's not able to defend the nxt cruiserweight championship because he's normally he's meant to be doing double duty triple duty if you include 205 live he's not able to commit to that so triple h has set up a tournament very ufc style he's not vacating the belt like you would expect he's setting up an interim champion so that when Jordan Devlin can return, they'll then have a match to crown the undisputed champion. Um, so it's it's a weird tournament. It's not based. It's not like a King of the Ring or a um, you grab the gold one. It's more of a whoever has the most wins gets put in the there's some sort of deciding match. It's it's a very confusing thing. Um, so this week's match was Isaiah Scott versus Akira Tozawa. Um, this was a very athletic match um it was a really good showing by by both men um so many counters so many just a very very good match um it was almost a match of the night the match of the night does come a bit later on for me but this was so well done tozawa doing raw and then he's jumped to nxt as well to do this 205 live he's really tozawa seems to be building a bit of momentum um be that he, he might be heading towards another another win there's a promo he does later on in the show to talk about how him um, how he's going to win that back um and then uh, tegan knox versus um raquel gonzalez um it's just the kind of usual usual things really just about a yeah, it was kind of just a it wasn't a great match if i'm being honest it was very much the kind of story you would expect uh, Knox has to overcome the the outside um, the outside shenanigans of Raquel, uh, of uh, Dakota Kai is obviously there because they two are a team now, um, and Tegan Knox did win. Um, I believe there's a match set for next week. Another um, Knox versus Kai match, I believe, um, or it was a tag team match. I, again, it's not something that um, I took too much time with because I think the feud it started off what could have been great at war games. They had a really good match at uh, TakeOver uh, Portland, Oregon and um, from there I just kind of wish the feud was done now but for some reason it's not. Um, up next was um, Dexter Loomis versus Miles. Now I I don't have a clue who any of these two are but Dexter Loomis was a weird guy. Very weirdo. He was very like... Um, resident evil zombie kind of feel like when he slides into the ring and he's just crawling towards the rope very strange it was it was a total squash Eh yeah. uh, Miles got absolutely um, squashed in this match Um it seems as if Loomis is going to be one of the next kind of big things in NXT but he was a very weird guy it's a very interesting character he's got um, very weird um, next was meant to be Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole's face-to-face confrontation that was Cole doesn't show up, basically he's got better things to do, um, like focusing on the, the Undisputed Era, getting um all the gold back, um mind games from Cole really Velveteen Dream comes out to the, the main part of the um, empty arena to kind of address it and say that um Adam Cole is undisputedly the longest reigning champion and undisputedly says undisputedly the greatest um NXT champion of all time what happened next was a little bit kind of caught me off guard um, from the back of him there's no music hits just from the back of him you just see this figure appear very and then it, it kind of goes round him isn't on it and then you see the, the t-shirt and it's Finn Balor so Finn Balor comes out um, after it and goes up to him and says um, I don't know you I don't like you I've never had a reason to speak to you um, so this will be the first time when you're talking about the best ever NXT champ you're looking at him uh, so you need to be careful about what you say because you might end up with a date with the prince everyone walks away, Dream says a date with the prince uh, how about I book you in for next Wednesday night so Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor, first time ever next week on NXT that is a very exciting match. Um I believe that Dream will pick up a win because Imperium will somewhat get involved. Um but I'm quite excited about that match. Um that, that should be very good. And then move on to what is the main event match of the night. This is match of the night, so it's meant to be um undisputed errors. Uh, Roderick strong and bobby fish challenging matt riddle and pete dunn for the nxt tag team titles now pete dunn is in lockdown in the uk so he's not there so he sends over um who is one of the probably when, when this guy signed for the nxt um a lot of people were quite mad about it not mad at him but mad because this seemed to be the last kind of independent guy that everyone thought he's never going to go to wwe never going to go to wwe and that is timothy thatcher if anyone's not seen timothy thatcher work eh, go and watch it go and watch him you'll find him on youtube you'll find even watch this match very physical guy Um he's going to be very big on the nxt uk scene and hopefully when he moves over the nxt in america and then the main roster he's got a very good a um, future ahead of them, so it was a honestly great match. Um, I feel like there's maybe going to be a, an interesting thing. Um, so Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle retain the NXT titles. Um, the match is back and forth to be fair. Anything the Undisputed Era and Matt Riddle touch is golden. You add Timothy Thatcher in there. You've got platinum. Um, if Pete Dun was there, I believe obviously they've 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 had the match before, but Timothy, this really got to show Timothy Thatcher for what he is, and that is um, a total badass. Um, he he won the match with a um, a, Fuji, a Fujinawa armbar, I believe it's called. I'm not very good when it comes to the kind of naming of finishing moves like that, um, so I'm trying not to be too disrespectful. But um, they retain. I feel like this could be something interesting because then. If timothy thatcher's defending the belts is that going to maybe set up a match with Pete dunn eh uh, to say well why why should why should i just give you this belt back when i've been defending it when you've not been here something like that it'll be interesting to see if it's something they'll maybe uh, discuss now build up for the whole night was that champa was going to be a man of his word and say that gargana was the better man so this is just a, a short kind of promo that closes the show um, he doesn't complain, which I would be doing because it wasn't a good finish to their match. Um, he says Gargana won. He was the better man. And then he's attacked from behind by not anyone that we can see. Um, there's a bald guy. I don't recognise him too much. Um, but he kept saying TikTok. Now, I think this relates back to last week's NXT with the apocalyptic promo. Um, TikTok, TikTok. So, I actually think this could be um Killer Cross making his debut um and we're going straight for maybe Tommaso Ciampa um take 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 it straight to the top I suppose uh, is all anyone really seems to say um but uh guy yeah. Killer Cross seems to be the um who it is that's going to be debuting I believe Killer Cross was actually the, the bald guy that I'm, I'm referring to I just had a wee bit of a lapse there supposedly um there's been injuries to Tommaso Champa um as well, but it, it seems as if the apocalyptic promo was going to be um is is going to be Killer Cross. Supposedly he's gonna get a new a new ring name. Um supposedly I really hope not. I don't like it when they change the names. The guy's been established as Killer Cross, there's no need to change it. It's like you wouldn't change Shinsuke Nakamura, you wouldn't change uh, aj styles why change killer cross there's just certain names you don't change i think that's one of them so that kind of brings uh, my name to everything i've discussed this week now as i've said i have watched smackdown uh, this morning before i did this um i came up with my own kind of structure of how things are going to happen so i'm going to do two podcasts a week i'm going to do one on a tuesday and one on a thursday the tuesday one is going to be always smackdown and raw and then the Thursday one is always now going to be NXT and AEW. I have kind of restarted watching AEW this past week. Um I don't have the time to talk about it because I don't want to be here for another 40 minutes doing this. So as of next week, AEW will be on the podcast. I'm going to be discussing the Wednesday night wars and who I think is going ahead. I will say just opening comments. Um NXT for me is far superior because nxt is established it's got the viewership everyone who says AEW is better i can see why they're saying it but they're just sort of jumping on the bandwagon that they don't like vince to me whereas vince has got nothing to do with nxt triple h is the one who's in control of nxt and he's putting on a much better product than what vince is doing um everyone always says down to nxt NXT's not down anymore nxt is maybe the superior brand right now um another rumor i forgot to mention at the start of the show so dave meltzer has actually point blank refused to so anyone who doesn't know dave meltzer is first dave meltzer is the guy he is the official wrestling guy who grades all the matches he gave a uh, omega and okada their seven star match um the gargano and cole match got five and a half stars i believe um the Tyler Bate Waller match, so everything that NXT touches, everything that Triple H is in control of right now are the matches that are getting the 5 stars, the last main roster match to get 5 stars was John Cena and CM Punk at Money in the Bank in 2011, now I think there's other matches that that could have had a 5 star match uh, between then and now, but that is the last one to get it, and um, that's, that's the guy, so Dave Meltzer has refused to rate anything to do with Wrestlemania eh, because it's pre-recorded apparently he'd be a bit harsher than what I would have said he was very harsh kind of slagging off the way in which it was all done um, they made do with what they could eh, why do it live I agree with why do it live there's no need to do it live so Dave Meltzer says he's not going to grade anything that was pre-recorded could have been cut Edited to make look better. Um, I think it's a bit harsh. He really doesn't rate the the movie type thing that they had going on. But um, that is that finished for that. So Dave Meltzer not going to be rating anything, and he'll maybe now start rating things going forward. Um, so that is this week's podcast done. So I'm uh, back on Tuesday with Monday Night Raw and SmackDown from this past Friday. Um, I look forward to. Um, talking about that and I hope you all tune in again thanks very much, stay safe